water it down. I'm not saying water the gospel down, but some people in their lives may have had so much trauma that they can't actually comprehend a Jesus coming to die for them, for their salvation. That, that is just completely out of picture, overwhelming for them, that they can't actually comprehend it, right? And so for some people, not everyone, but for some people, it's little bits, right? So that's why we need to be, again, a vessel of the Holy Spirit. So we are aware of the people that we're talking to. Some people are just going to lap it up and be like, yes, tell me more, tell me more. And some people are going to be like, that's all I can handle today, right? But we need to be aware of the people that we're ministering to. And rejoice at wrong, uh, sorry, evangelism doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. This is something that I think we do as a Western, not necessarily in Australia, I think, but as in a Western culture, um, we kind of say, come, you know, when we're, talk, when we're talking about inviting people to church, come as you are. Jesus loves you as you are. But then we kind of say, you can stay as you are. Although we don't physically say that, right? It's kind of like, accept Jesus along with your, all your other stuff. He doesn't need to change you because you've got Jesus. And I think we can do this as a church because for the idea of wanting to be uh, relevant, Right? Sometimes the church wants to be relevant that we kind of miss the part where Jesus is like, yes, I love you as you are, but I have something better for you. I want to change you. I want to mold you into what I've called you to. So we can't rejoice at their wrongdoing. We can't rejoice at what they're doing wrong, right? Because we want them to change because we know what God has in store for them. So we need to rejoice with the truth, not their truth, not our truth, but the truth. Amen? All right. Next one, water and sunshine. I had to start combining these because I was like, there's going to be a lot of different parts of the pot plant. Water and sunshine represents patience and time. Farmers need to maintain their fields. Farmers do not merely throw seed and hope for the best. Farmers need patience. You don't see results. You may not see results for many months. They need to wait patiently to see their crops grow. Similarly, the problem with most believers isn't what they're doing. Uh, sorry, isn't what? Uh, sorry. Similarly, the problem with most believers isn't with what they are doing right? It's how we need to wait. We need to wait on God. Wait on God. We've sown the seed. Now we trust him. We water it. We allow God, sunshine. We allow the work to happen. Who learnt about, ready for this big word, photosynthesis in school? Who knows what photosynthesis does? Because I forgot, so I had to research it. <laughs> all plants, okay? So we're all plants people. All plants require light for photosynthesis, the process with a plant that converts light, oxygen and water into carbohydrates. I'm not here to educate you. Hopefully you know what photosynthesis is or does. Please research it. But basically it needs, plants need water, plants need sunshine. It needs light. So in other words, if we are going to expect a seed to grow, it needs God. It needs that time where God is working on that person. So what, are you, what can you do with that time? Intercede for that person. Pray for that person. God, I shared the seed today. I shared the gospel today. They didn't accept it right away, but continue to pray for them. Time is up to God. It's not up to us, so we can't force it. Again, salvation is not up to us. Also, this aspect of water and sunshine is also a community effort sometimes, depending again on the individual. So you've planted the seed, right? Maybe there's no immediate growth. Someone along the path of their, of their life comes and waters the seed. Another person comes and waters it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 9, 
It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God had been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. We all, it's, it's, we all work together when we're evangelizing. We're all working together. You may share the gospel with someone. Someone else may share the gospel. Someone else may share an encouragement. Someone else may share words of knowledge. But what that is, is we're just constantly watering and helping that plant to grow. The next part, the exciting part, where we see something happening. A sprout. A nice little sprout. This represents salvation. A new believer. It also represents discipleship. Because this is not where we stop. When we start to see the sprout, it's not wipe your hands dry, I'm done. It's okay, let's step it up a level now. Now this is what the gospel is about. This is what Jesus did. This is what uh, God wants to change about you. So when we start to see them, when they accept Jesus, us who maybe are along that journey with them, we don't drop them there and say, well, now it's somebody else's turn. We continue that path with them. If we stop here thinking our job is done, that plant is going to die. It still needs watering and sunshine. So we're going to look at Paul again. And so like Paul, the initial seed that was planted did not land on good soil. In fact, he still persecuted Christians after that. But he had a radical encounter with God that changed him and physically blinded him. And so when we fast forward a little bit, there's a man called Ananias, right? Paul's on his way to Damascus. And um, God comes to a man called Ananias in a vision and tells him to go pray for Saul. Ananias is aware of who Saul is. He's not aware of the experience that he's just had with God. So he is thinking, this man is going to kill me. He's afraid. Acts 9.15 says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings to the people of Israel. He was afraid of Saul's reputation, but he was faithful, he was obedient, he was a vessel, and he went to Saul and he prayed for him. He prayed for Saul and Saul's sight was restored. He gave his life to God and he was baptized. And that is the seed has sprouted. For some people, salvation, like we've said before, comes through a miracle, right? That was a miracle. He was healed. His, it's, the Bible describes his healing as like scales falling off his eyes. Some people are saved through a good message. Some people through a story. Some people through healing. Like we said before, same gospel, different method. Growth is in God's hands. We are only the, called again to plant the seed, water it. And lastly, the tree. A tree. A lovely little, well, big tree. Yay! Hopefully this is helping you guys understand the journey of evangelism, okay? The tree produces a crop. Like we read in our, script, our original scripture in Matthew 13, 23, it says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is our someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. 
This is the part of the plant that we have been praying and believing for since pot plant, since pot, okay? After Saul became converted in Acts 9, again, we're not going to read it, but that's where it is, he became one of the church's foremost evangelists. There are many examples of Paul's preaching evangelistic messages, and I believe I've put them on the next slide in case you want to actually go study what he did and some of the, um, some of the places that he preached. But for reference, he actually preached um, to a lot of different, different types of people, a lot of different um, groups of people. He preached to uh, Jewish audiences, to the Gentiles, to non-Jewish people. And we'll come back to that one in a second, I believe. Um, so now, although the tree is them, right, this is them, here's some things that we can learn when they become a tree, once they fully flourish and begin to evangelize themselves. Learning from Paul. Your past, and I'm talking, speaking to us now as farmers, but as people of God, your past lifestyle does not, qualify, does not disqualify you from evangelizing. We look at Saul. He was killing Christians, and then he became one of the most foremost evangelists of the Word, of the Bible. And even more so, the person that you're evangelizing to, does not um, their, love, their current lifestyle does not disqualify them from hearing the gospel. Because we have to remember that once our past was actually our present until the word was preached, okay? And secondly, he preached to all different types of people from different backgrounds. So the person that you're speaking to should not deter you from sharing. If the Holy Spirit is highlighting someone to you, share it. If it's not your usual person that you would share the gospel to, but God is saying you need to share something with this person, you just need to release that word. We can't just hold something back in and stay. We can't evangelize in our comfort zone is what I'm saying. And basically, I work as a, a Christian teacher, so I'm in a Christian school, so that's my comfort zone. Really, there's no evangelism there. They all, if they're teaching there, they have to believe in God. So my evangelism has to be really out of my comfort zone, which is people that I don't know, so relying on the Holy Spirit to speak to me, family, people that, I, that again, that the Holy Spirit may highlight to us. But we have to understand that evangelism, again, is a different, it's a different style of communication for every single person. How you talk to people, how you relate to people is going to be different how I do it, right? And that's why it's based on relationship. It's love because it's how we communicate with each other. Evang so evangelism, it's not scary. It's not old school. We can start in prayer, like we, discussed, like we learned as a pot. Being a vessel of the Holy Spirit, it's about listening to God, sharing our faith often so it becomes natural in our conversation. Amen. Let's pray together, church. But I pray that this has helped you this morning. I really, I really believe all the disturbances that we had this morning is just like we're, we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about sharing God's word. We're sharing the gospel, right? And so it's almost like to discourage us from, okay, like this is not going to work or whatever it may be. But I really believe that this is something that can change, how do I say it? Like in our hearts, right? We're in our comfort zone. We're living where we are. And I'm speaking to myself here as well. It's easy to go about our day by day because we're used to it. We're comfortable with it. Evangelism Honestly, it's not a comfortable thing 
because we are sharing something that is first and foremost personal, right? But we are potentially going to be rejected. We are potentially not going to be liked. We are potentially not going to be invited to things just because we're a believer. But when we look at it in the scheme of things, if our seed was the only seed that they heard about Jesus, if we were the only, you probably heard the saying, if we're the only Jesus that they meet, then I think it's actually worth the rejection. I think it's actually worth potentially not being the cool person in the clique or whatever it is in your circle. I think it's actually worth it when we know who God is and what he's done for us. I think it would actually be selfish of us, and again, I'm preaching to myself here, to not share it when God encourages us to share it. I think I shared this in our discipleship message, but I've heard that sharing the gospel is like one homeless person telling the other homeless people where the bread is. The life-giving bread, right? We know what God has done in us. We know who our God is and what he can do for others. So come on, church, I just pray that we can have a boldness and a courage to step out. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you this morning that we have started this series on evangelism because you want us to be out there sharing your love, sharing the good news with our family and friends, with strangers. However you may highlight people to us, God, I pray that we would be obedient to your word. It might be someone in the shopping center that we've never met. It might be a family member. God, I pray that we would be vessels of the Holy Spirit, that we would just draw closer to you, God, so we hear you clearer. So we hear your voice clearly. That you would give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge for those people out there, God. Father, I pray that you would give us a heart for the people that are unsaved. That our hearts would burn for what burns yours, God. That our hearts would break for what breaks yours. That we would see people as your sons and your daughters that need you, that need their God. So I pray, God, that this word this morning has helped us understand practical ways but also a clear understanding of how we can start and how it can finish from the pot to becoming a tree. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just going to pray this morning for anyone that may not know God yet, online or in this place, in this room, if you don't know Jesus and you would like to, I love how we actually had communion before this message because 
Pastor Mel just shared beautifully, what the gospel is. And so if you were sitting in that or you're sitting in this sermon and you're like, I really want to know who this God is. Maybe he can change my life. Maybe he does have something better for me. I keep hearing about it all the time. These people are constantly talking about Jesus. Surely there's something in it. If you want to know him more this morning, I want to pray a prayer with you. And we're going to pray it as a community together. And after we've prayed that prayer, I am going to ask you to raise your hand whilst everyone else's heads are still bowed. We're not looking around to see who's raised their hand. But the reason we do this is so we can get resources to you. It's like we've just, like I said this morning, it's not, okay, you've given your life to Jesus and now you're on your way. If we did that as a church, we would be setting you up for failure. We want to set you up for a win in your walk with God. So if you put your hand up this morning or if you're online and you say, I prayed that prayer for the first time today, please reach out to us because we want to make sure that you are surrounded by community and that you have resource in your hands to grow with Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. I repent and believe you are my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With every head bowed and eyes still closed, if you, put your hand, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, could you just raise your hand? Or if you're online, let us know. Even if you're watching this sermon at a later date, still re- get in touch with us. Thank you, church. Amen. Amen.